Want to hear a married couple fight over who's the greatest of all time, Jordan or LeBron? Absolutely, and it's Jordan. It's definitely not, but listen to our podcast, The Greatest, to hear who really is. Listen to The Greatest on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The following takes place between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! How you doing? My name is Mo Egger, in for Lance McAllister tonight, ordinarily heard I am not Lance, on ESPN 1530 from 3 to 6. This show is called Sports Talk. It airs on a night that we have absolutely no sports on 700 WLW. Hope your weekend is off to a good of a start as possible. I'll tell you, I just just got done uh, saying to somebody maybe an hour ago that with the sports world on hiatus that it's really not going to hit people until tonight and tomorrow. You know, I mean, when's the last time? You probably have to go back to that weekend after 9-11-01 when you spent time on a Saturday or Sunday not watching a game, listening to a game, checking a score on your phone, uh, getting together with your buddies to watch games. And the apex of all that is really this weekend and next with the NCAA tournament next weekend, which now is not going to happen, and conference tournaments this weekend, which obviously aren't happening. But I just sat down, walked in here right after uh, Eddie and Rocky, 6 o'clock, and instinctively we have three TVs in here, all in stunning standard-definition television. And I sit down, and instinctively I turn on ESPN, ESPN2, and Fox Sports Ohio, and I turn them on. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's no games. There's nothing in sports happening. And I would imagine a lot of people have that same moment if they haven't already, either tonight, tomorrow, or Sunday. So everything is on hold, including the Major League Baseball season. Obviously, opening day pushback at least a couple of weeks. And it's got to be really eerie uh, being around and covering baseball teams right now to the extent that you actually are around them. And somebody who has a good perspective on this is a guy who covers the Reds 12 months out of the year, Bobby Nightingale, Cincinnati.com, and The Inquirer. And uh, he is with us on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. First of all, this is, I would imagine there's been nothing in your career that even rivals, approaches what you're having to cover right now. And you're having to cover stuff in large part from a distance. This is a weird question, but what is it like right now? It, it feels like it's almost like a ghost town. Like nobody's at the facility. I, I drove past the Reds Complex today and, um, you know, the only thing in the players' parking lot is like a John Deere style tractor. I mean, just it's just a ghost town. I mean, you wouldn't imagine, you know, anyone anything you know baseball would be going on at all. It's just weird because it's almost like, you know, two days ago everything was kind of proceeding as normal, and then all of a sudden now, who knows when baseball will be played? Yeah, th- this is all accelerated and snowballed uh, quite quickly. It, we, we all have questions. We all have questions, and, and there's there's not enough answers. You know, people want to know when's the season going to start. Any anybody who even ventures a guess is lying to themselves. We don't know. But but as a journalist, give us an idea of of kind of the questions you have about how this is all going to work once we actually have an idea of when baseball is going to resume. I think the big question will be once you figure out a date. How what are we going to do before that to kind of ramp up for the season? Either you can bring all the teams back out to Arizona and Florida and kind of continue spring training after that, or you could have the Reds, you know, just gather in Cincinnati and maybe they just do inter-squad stuff until the season starts and maybe play an exhibition game or two. Kind of just depends on how much baseball wants to kind of eat into their season a little bit. I, I was reading some stuff today that they're still hoping to play a 162-game season, even though there's no chance they're going to start, you know, within the first two weeks of the season. So. 
to me that says they want to get started as soon as fa- as soon as possible once they get once they get cleared and if that's the case, how, how are you going to get guys prepared again? So from a pure baseball standpoint, look, we, we all want the season to start as quickly as possible. There's huge economic ramifications whenever a sports league shuts down. I think we're going to feel them here. We want 81 home games, all of that. But for years, people have complained that the baseball season is too long. And so let's just say that it starts around Memorial Day and we have to shave off a third of the season. All right? Nobody wants that. But to a degree, and tell me if you're, you disagree, to a degree... I think like a 100, 110 game baseball season, a sprint to make the playoffs could actually be really interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think you saw it. I can't remember how long ago it was, but like the NBA had an abbreviated season because of the lockout. So it was almost like they had to hustle to get 50 games in or so. And that was an exciting time. So I think it's one of those, you know, if every team gets off to a good start, no matter how bad you might be over a 162 game season, you have a chance now if it's only 110. So players are being told to go home, and look, these, these guys do a great job, and there's been so many technological advancements that, that can help them train on, them, on their own, and, and guys will stay in shape and they'll work hard. But, you know, this team, along with everybody else, they have guys who are coming back from injury, maybe players who have suffered an injury during uh, spring training, Cactus Leagues games, Grapefruit League games, things like that. With the Reds, we've been paying close attention to guys like Eugenio Suarez and uh, Nick Senzel. In, in terms of monitoring or working with players who are coming back from injury or who have suffered injury, what are teams allowed to do? For now, I think it's completely up to the players what they want to do. They're allowed to either... From what I've read from the Players Association, they can either stay at the complex. Uh, so for the Reds, they could stay in Goodyear if they wanted to. They can go to Cincinnati also if they want to, or they can go home. As long as it, it sounds like if you're from another country, like Shogo Akiyama, he's not going to go back to Japan uh, just because it might be hard to get back in afterwards. Uh, but it sounds like every team is going to leave that option to themselves. The Yankees, I saw, unanimously voted that they're going to stay in Tampa and continue their spring training workouts. It's optional, but it sounded like all of them are going to stay. And then, like the St. Louis Cardinals said, they're going to close camp, and all of them are going to go, going to leave. You know, we, we've had we've had with work stoppages where you know players on their own decide to get together and work out. When we had the, the shortage of free agents a couple of off seasons ago, there was a, a basically a camp for free agents. They held a, a spring training style camp uh, just to get, keep themselves in shape. Has has there been any talk of guys? Uh, even on their own, gathering somewhere, going somewhere, and, and meeting on a regular basis, even involving players from other teams to stay in shape? I bet that will happen. I mean, a lot of them do train together in the offseason anyway. Uh, we, we had a chance to talk to Michael Lorenzen today, and he said he thought it might take a few days if you know, guys had their swimming, try, still trying to figure out what they're going to do, what their families are going to do. So he said probably in a few days those conversations will be had about how we want to train for the season. But him personally, he said... If I can't find anyone, I might just pay someone to be a, the, uh, try and hit against me, and I'll pay for a catcher, and I'll just train that way by myself. Well, and, and a lot of the new initiatives that the Reds and a lot of teams have, have started to embrace from a technology standpoint, you can maybe elaborate on this for me. My, my understanding is, like, if, if you want to work on throwing, if you want to keep your arm in shape, you don't necessarily need somebody to play catch with, right? No, yeah, especially with the weighted balls. I mean, if you, if you ever have a chance to stop at the Reds facility out here, I mean, they just throw it against a brick wall or a concrete wall, and they can kind of long toss it themselves. I mean, it's just like a baseball. Uh, and you know, just ricochets off the wall, and you just keep throwing it a few times, and it's kind of the same as playing regular catch. And, and, and a lot of the technology, like the Rapsodos, the Edutronics that you see a team use, 
a lot of guys have that at home, or if they don't have it at home, they have a workout facility nearby that they can go to that has it. So they're not necessarily missing anything out. The only difference now would be you're away from your coaches, but that's not to say you couldn't get instructions, you know, via text or email uh, if you're far away from them. Major League Baseball players obviously make lucrative salaries. They have a strong union. Minor League players, you can't say either of those things about them. They may miss up to maybe an entire season. Who knows? Um, is anything being said about ensuring that those guys are, are from a financial standpoint, okay while, while minor league games aren't being played? I think for right now in spring training, they're, they're trying to keep it as business as usual. Like most teams, the reps included, provided breakfast and lunch as usual and their per, per diem for uh, dinner. But I, I believe they're going to be all told that they need to go home, all minor league players. And that's going to be the tough part is you're going to have guys from like the Dominican Republic. How are you going to? Tell them, you know, they don't get paid that much anyway, that they have to travel back home and then travel back whenever you get minor league camp going again. So I do think that'll be a problem, but obviously now that every team's kind of in the same boat with it, I think there has to be some type of fund where they make it a little bit easier for minor league guys to travel to and from where they need to go. It's a weird job right now covering baseball when there is no baseball. Bobby Nightingale covers the Reds, Cincinnati.com and the Enquirer. Very good Twitter follow as well, at Nightingale Jr. I appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. Bobby Nightingale, Cincinnati.com. 16 minutes after 6 o'clock, he comes to us like all of our guests on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. Time for Traffic and Weather Together on 700 WLW. From the UC Health Traffic Center, offering the only Level 4 maternal care facility in Cincinnati, UC Medical Center provides the highest level of care for pregnant and postpartum patients. God knows what's going to happen between now and, and the bottom of the hour. My name is Mo Egger. I think I just said that. Mike DeCourcy is going to join us from the Sporting News Big Ten Network and Fox Sports coming up at uh, 7.05. You just think about how quickly things have accelerated from where we were just 48 hours ago, my show is ordinarily on 3 to 6 on ESPN 1530 Wednesday afternoon. Uh, among other guests, Mike DeCourcy joined me, and we're, we're talking about the bracket. We're breaking down, you know, who's going to be a one seed. What does Xavier need to do to get in? What does UC need to do to get in? Is Dayton going to be a one? Should Obi Toppin be the player of the year? Uh, is, is Kentucky a national title? All this stuff. All this stuff. And that feels like a lifetime ago. That feels like that feels like that ha that conversation happened six months ago. I was driving in today, and uh, we didn't do our show uh, in the studio yesterday. We had a previously scheduled remote out on what was a bizarre day to be out. We did our show from the FanDuel Sportsbook at Belterra Casino Resort, and I'm driving in today, and it felt like the first time I make it. I had made this this drive since I don't know last summer. It had been two days. Like th that, it just it feels like this 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 coronavirus story, in a weird way, has aged us. There, there's just been so many things that have happened and that we've had to process, and things that have changed, and new information, and in some cases maybe new misinformation, and so much to digest. Certainly in the world of sports, but elsewhere, that time has felt like it's been crawling. So Mike DeCorsi and I will have a conversation. It's going to be college basketball centric coming up at uh, 7.05. Um, there was a, a piece that came out today by Matt Norlander, CBS Sports, where there's serious consideration being given towards actually releasing an NCAA tournament bracket on Sunday, which I'm totally in favor of. That and so much more with Mike coming up at uh, 7.05. I, I said this to Bobby Nightingale. Look, we, we all want normalcy. 
to get here as soon as possible. And th- that's that's not going to happen soon. It's it's not going to happen next week. It's not going to happen a month from now. It's it's going to be a while. But we all want signs of normalcy. And and for a lot of us, one of those first signs is sports. Right? I mean, when when bad things have happened in my life, I'll never forget this for a lot of different reasons. When when my dad passed away, he passed away. He had a heart attack at Great American Ballpark at a Reds game, and I go to the hospital to see him. And I identify that that's him. And then I go and console my grandmother. And I call my brother and sister in New York. And I go through this like short-term process, if you've ever been through something like this, where you have arrangements to make and people to call, and you're trying to process emotions. And finally that night, at about 12 o'clock at night, I turned on a West Coast NBA playoff game. I didn't care who was playing. I didn't care who won. It was just normalcy. We all want normalcy. We're not going to get it for a while. Part of normalcy is you pop the Reds on radio or you, you go down to Great American Ballpark or you watch uh, your favorite college basketball team. We're not going to get that for a while. We all want it now. In the absence of getting it now, we want it at some point in, in the relatively near future. I don't know if that's going to happen. reason I bring this up is we would all love a 162-game baseball schedule, Right. We would all love 81 Reds home games. Certainly the business is connected to, to Great American Ballpark and the Reds, including, you know, us. We'd like 162 Reds games. Uh, the people who work at GABP want 81 home games. Like, everybody wants a full baseball season. But I will say this. Purely from the standpoint of being a fan, remove all the other stuff from the conversation for just a second. Purely from the standpoint of being a fan. Let's just say for the sake of argument that they started the season late May, early June. And they said, okay, it's going to be a 100-game regular season schedule. Again, financially, very much less than ideal. But from a fan standpoint, wouldn't that be fun? Like, the, the beauty of baseball to a degree is no one game means that much. But that's also a criticism of the sport, right? Like, okay, big deal. You, you won a random game. You won game number 13. There's 149 to go. I think to a degree, like a, a, a sprint to the finish would be kind of fun. Now, it, it might change things like the trade deadline, but to a degree, it might help a team like the Reds that didn't wait till the trade deadline to make their big moves. They made a bunch of them and made their team better. Uh, I think that would be a blast. Now... It would obviously put a premium on a team getting off to a great start because there's not quite as much time to overcome a bad start. Certainly something that's doomed the Reds over the last couple of years would be a bad start. One and eight last year, three and 18, two years ago. But moving aside from the fact that we, we all just want as much sports and as much baseball as possible. And the, the people whose incomes are, are attached to the Reds having home games and a full baseball season, again, including the radio station that carries the games purely from a fan standpoint, the NBA has had over the last 20 years, two abbreviated seasons. One of them wasn't so fun. 1999, mainly because it was the first year post Jordan and players didn't stay in shape. But in 2011, 2012, they didn't start the NBA season till Christmas. You had this 66-game dash to the postseason. It was actually perfect. Now, I don't want every year a 100-game baseball season, but in terms of importance of each individual game, if we ever got there, there'd be there'd be sort of a, I don't know, a there'd be some like a novelty to it. There'd be something different about it. And I think there'd be actually something kind of fun about it too. By the way, you would have a better chance of a team coming from nowhere 
and winning in a 100-game season than a 162-game season, which is so long that there's built-in corrections. Think about that. By the way, we're going to go back to Goodyear. Mark Sheldon, MLB.com, is going to join us after the uh, 630 News with Matt Reese, which is happening right now on 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. National emergency declared by the pre- MLB.com. And, and obviously, there's, there's no real baseball to cover, but I, I have to imagine. And Mike, uh, Michael Lorenza did uh, chat with reporters today. We'll get to all that. I have to imagine, unlike anything that a reporter like Mark has, has ever been a part of or covered, he is with us on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first person to ask you to do this, but, but describe what the last couple of days have been like in and around, and I guess more around than in, inside the, uh, the Reds training complex. It's been very bizarre, Mo. Um, it, it's just odd to seeing players just be like regular citizens watching TV and, and waiting and learning the news like, like the reporters are. Honestly, it, it was all happening outside of MLB, and, and it seems like it was pretty normal, and then Rudy Gobert happened, and things got really different. So uh, the one thing we noticed is players kind of bugged out uh, as soon as they were told after we talked to Tucker Barnhart and Dick Williams, and everyone hit the road. And no workouts or anything today because the complex is being closed for cleaning, and, and the last we heard is they could resume working out tomorrow. But I think there might be, you know, as we've seen on Twitter today, some things might be changing. So we're still kind of waiting and seeing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think back to, to two days ago, the Reds didn't have a game on Wednesday. There were Major League Baseball spring training games being played out. And, and while you certainly understood that we were going to see an intersection of the sports world with the coronavirus, I don't think anybody 48 hours or so ago would have imagined that we would be talking about the baseball season being postponed until, you know, really God knows when. The, the days leading up to, to Wednesday night slash Thursday morning, when we finally found out that there was going to be an interruption pretty much in, in every sport, how much, how much of, of, how much of, of the coronavirus, of, of the potential postponement of a season, of an interruption of baseball, how much that was even being talked about among players in the Reds clubhouse? Not a whole lot by players. It, it, certainly us in the media were kind of talking about it privately, like could it be delayed by a you know, couple of weeks or, or what could happen and things like that. Some players were obviously aware of it, but there really wasn't a whole lot. Guys, as you know, sometimes in sports, they sort of stay in their, in their silos and, and just kind of focus on getting ready and dealing with what they know rather than what they don't know. And that's kind of how it was going on. The workouts were relatively normal, I thought. Uh, leading up before the off day on Wednesday, and you know now here we are. And the one thing that's just so odd is just how much information changes like so drastically. It's just sometimes what was true in the morning isn't true by the afternoon because things have just changed. It's how fast these developments are moving. You had a chance to uh, to be a part of a conversation with Michael Lorenzen, and, and this is a guy who has embraced technology in terms of of training preparation. And one look at Michael Lorenzen, I think anybody could tell this is a guy who takes uh, takes taking care of his body pretty seriously. Uh, the thing you touched on, and it's actually something you and I talked about on this show two weeks ago, how much this franchise has embraced technology, and it's it's widespread throughout baseball. But this team has really wrapped its arms around technology when it comes to evaluating players, getting guys ready for season uh that sort of thing go through for me how these guys on their own uh maybe don't need to do team workouts maybe don't need to have somebody to necessarily throw with or hit off of because of some of the technological advancements these guys have embraced in terms of of preparation 
Well, as you remember, uh, Kyle Bodie from Driveline Baseball was was brought in in October to be their new like uh, pitching guru, director of pitching coordination and development, things like that. And and um, one of the things that Drive Live innovates with is not just using data and technology, but also other ways of working out. And they they really are a big believer in weighted balls and and, and building up arm strength and arm speed and throwing with high velocity. And, and they have something called plyo care balls that are uh, kind of, a, I think they said it was made of PVC sort of thing, and, and you can take these balls that are varying weights depending on what you need, and you can heave them against the wall uh, at, the, at the true velocity that you would be throwing a pitch. You can use them to strengthen your arm by bouncing it off like one of those bounce-back machines. You can do all sorts of things, and, and there's other measures. And, you know, some players that are certainly living really well can have a driveline facility in their homes. Uh, I think Adam Adovino created one in New York City for himself. And uh, But, you know, Reds players, uh, Michael Lorenzen mentioned he's got a full home gym in his basement in northern Kentucky. He's got some facilities here in Arizona. So, uh, yes, players can do what they need to do uh, for the most part. This is kind of like what he said in extended offseason where they're kind of getting ready on their own uh, away from the complex if they have to. And that he hopes he doesn't have to start from scratch. He doesn't think he will when, if and when they tell him when the season's going to ramp up again. A big storyline for the Reds here during spring training has obviously been the the, the expected or hoped for return of a Eugenio Suarez in time for opening day. Uh, same for for Nick Senzel. Whether it's the Reds or another team, and there's a, a player returning from injury or a player who has suffered an injury during spring training. How does how do, how is that going to work in terms of their ability or maybe inability to to monitor their progress? I think it can only help them. Uh, Nick Senzel, for instance, he was getting close to being able to play center field in a game, but he's only DH to this point, and, and uh, he can continue use this opportunity to keep working on his throwing and building arm strength so he can uh, hit the ground running when the time comes. And Suarez was really close. He's been throwing. He said yesterday or the day before that he, he wasn't quite uh, 100%, not because he's in pain. It's just more because he needs to keep building the strength in his shoulder. He's basically just throwing to first base, but he's not throwing with a lot of zip. So if he, assuming he continues to work out on his own or, or some sort of modified informal workout here in Arizona, uh, he should be able to help them. I mean, that, this would enable them to both be ready by opening day whenever that day comes. Mark Sheldon covers the Reds for uh, MLB.com, covering baseball when there's no baseball being played. I appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. All right, Mo. Take care and stay safe. You got it. You too. Mark, like all of our guests on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline, whenever the baseball season starts, we've had uh, delays to the season before, right? Uh, 1995. In fact, the Reds won the division that year. 1995, the 94 player strike. Spring training started with replacement players, and then a new deal got struck between owners and players. Uh, the regular players came back to work. They had an abbreviated spring training. I want to say maybe three weeks. The season started April the 25th. Uh, 1990, Reds win the World Series, but there was a lockout. Uh, they got a deal done. The first week of the season was tacked on to the end. You might remember the Reds actually opened the season on the road in 1990, beat the Houston Astros, uh, but they had a, a, a brief maybe three-week spring training, played a handful of exhibition games. Spring training obviously still took place in Florida and Arizona across Major League Baseball. One thing that I think would be interesting, I have a hard time believing the season's going to start in early to mid-April. Uh, this, this just feels like best case, absolute best case, would be mid-May, and, and that is probably very optimistic, very optimistic. 
What would be interesting to me, though, is the later the season starts, the better the weather is going to be here and around the country. So clearly guys would need to work out. Clearly guys would need to you know, get their timing right. Uh, pitchers would need to get their arms ready for the regular season. Now, the, the, the one advantage to doing spring training in, in Arizona and to a smaller degree, uh, Florida is the proximity of teams to one another. So, you know, they could play, you know, you could play the, the, the White Sox one day in Glendale if you're the Reds and then the Cubs from Mesa can come to your place in Arizona. And there, there's not a, a complex that's maybe an, an hour from another in Arizona, maybe an hour and a half from another in Arizona. But in terms of workouts, you could do them right here at Great American Ballpark and you could invite the public. And and you could have the public come in for free, but you know sell concessions, and those fans would stream into the Holy Grail, into the Moraline House, into the places down at the banks. Uh, just an idea that spring training to to play the games, it would be a little bit different. You might have to have a team come in for a three game exhibition game series to get a team ready for the regular season. But it would be interesting if you start the season. Let's say it's June first. And you're going to do a three-week spring training in May. Well, the weather in May in Cincinnati is the weather in May. I'm sorry, the weather in February or March in Arizona. Just a idea during a time where a lot of people have a lot of ideas. Uh, Mike DeCourcy is going to talk some college basketball uh, with us at uh, 7.05. I want a tournament bracket for one simple reason. I, I, we're not going to have a tournament, but I want a tournament bracket. I want to know who would have made it. As of close of business Wednesday night, I want to get that. And I think we may. And I'll tell you why I want it and why you should want it next on 700 WLW. This is Willie's Fun Fact. Time for another exciting fun fact from Willie. Did you know if the world's population stood shoulder to shoulder, they could all fit in Los Angeles? Now that's a fit, frankly, have to do with closures. It's, it's kind of like a, a morning where there's snow. Where you're, you're better off listing who's open than closed, but uh, the Masters postponed to a later date. Only World War II has kept it from being played. Began way back in 1934. Boston Marathon has been postponed until September the 14th. NASCAR has postponed the next two races this weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway and next week at uh, Homestead Miami Speedway. The IndyCar Series has postponed this weekend's season opener at St. Petersburg, Florida, and uh, also races through the end of April. The Premier League and Champions League Soccer has called off matches. The Indiana High School Boys Basketball State Tournament is postponed. Uh, also, a Bengals update. Bengals did make a roster move today, an inevitable one. Cordy Glenn has been released. Uh, baseball, minor, major and minor league players being told to go home. MLB still hopes to play 162 games. I, I hope to date Jennifer Aniston one day. Um, they want to play the, some of the postponed games at the back end of the schedule. That is subject to change. Um, ain't going to happen. And horse racing, the Jeff Ruby Stakes, which is set for tomorrow at Turfway Park, is still on, but no spectators allowed in the stands. Five minutes away from uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, CBS Sports reported today that the NCAA Senior Vice President of Basketball, Dan Gavitt, says that uh, despite the fact that there's not going to be an NCAA tournament, the NCAA has not yet completely killed the idea of building and releasing to the public a 68-team 2020 NCAA tournament bracket. Now, the selection committee already started meeting. They began the selection process on Thursday. Uh, It got to, according to CBS Sports' Matt Norlander, they arrived at 31 at-large teams, They had 13 automatic qualifiers. Now, there were still a lot of at-large teams that would have been slotted into 
automatic qualifier spots because they would have won their conference tournaments, which would have opened up more at-large bids. But they started to meet and construct a tournament bracket. This was before the tournament was postponed. And now they're apparently thinking about actually releasing the bracket. And I think this would be cool. Now, not as cool as playing the tournament. And yes, to a degree, it would be a painful reminder of what we're not going to have this week, which is the best event in all of sports as far as I'm concerned. But I, I, do think there's, I do think there's something to be said about having an official recognition of the season. Right? I mean, I, I do. For instance, the University of Cincinnati, while this might seem trivial in the grand scheme of things, at UC there is a nine-year streak of making the tournament every single year. Well, wouldn't you want to know if it was 10? Rutgers University, which hasn't made the tournament in decades, had a team this year that had an at-large chance, a chance of getting an at-large bid. I think there would be something that could be said about being the first team in decades at that school to make the NCAA tournament. If you're a Xavier fan, don't you want to know if you're in or out based on what happened on Wednesday night? Now, if you're a Xavier fan, maybe you don't. I think it would be kind of cool to have that answer. I I do think you need something that is a part of the official record of the season. And I know there's coaches' bonuses, which are, frankly, uh, far less important to me. But you want to know why I want this more than anything else? I need something to argue about. Like, because you know that the bracket will come out and then we can have discussions about, you know, who would advance, who would be in the final four, who would win a national championship. And this might be an especially bittersweet conversation for fans of my alma mater's basketball team, which is the University of Dayton. But I got to be honest with you, man, there's, there's, there's a lot of heated discourse right now in this country about a lot of things that are really important in the grand scheme of things. This isn't one of them. You know what I could use right now? Some arguments about trivial, benign stuff. I mean, honest to God, I can't do another argument about how Trump is handling coronavirus or whether or not we're overreacting to all this or whose fault this is or who should have seen this coming. I just, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I mean, it was the, 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 the discourse in this country was already exhausting enough that for what I do for a living, the, the sports, the, the, the toy department of life has always been a bit of a respite from it. We can yell and scream about a, 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 the NFL playoffs or what move the Reds should make or should this coach be fired or which team should be seeded number one in the NCAA tournament. And in the grand scheme of things, who cares, right? That's what makes it fun. For, for those of us who have sports in the proper context, that's, those conversations are fun. It's why I love this job. I like having heated debates about meaningless stuff where at the end of it we go, yeah, that was fun. We're still cool, right? Like, it's fun to have arguments with your buddies as you're having beers over sports. You know, it's not fun screaming at people about the coronavirus or politics. And those things are just merged maybe more than, than ever. So you know what I could use right now? A bracket and an argument about whether or not UD would make the Final Four or whether or not UC should have made it, or whether or not a certain team might have been a Cinderella, or if NKU could have beaten the team they would be matched against. I'd like to have some of those conversations right now because most conversations that I'm hearing or witnessing aren't quite as fun. We'll try to have a fun conversation with Mike DeCourcy from uh, the Sporting News about the cancellation of the NCAA tournament. And should players who were seniors this year in college basketball be given a chance to come back 
We'll do that after the 7 o'clock news with Matt Reese, which is happening right now on 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW. Cincinnati. Looks like Trump and Pelosi may have it. The following takes place between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Sure does. How you doing? My name is Mo Egger. In for Lance McAllister tonight. This is Sports Talk on a Friday evening, 700 WLW. Glad you are here. Uh, ordinarily, this would be somebody that I, I would want to talk to almost every single day throughout the month of March under usual March circumstances. Unfortunately, uh, the circumstances we are in right now in sports and otherwise could not be more unusual. Nonetheless, um, with the NCAA tournament postponed, there's, there's a lot of, of questions sort of dovetailing out of that decision and who better to help answer them than Mike DeCourcy, who obviously covers college basketball for the Sporting News. He is an expert analyst for the Big Ten Network and although he didn't get a chance, I guess, to finish the season, a bracketologist for uh, Fox Sports, you and I chatted I guess four, 50, 51, 52 hours ago, and it is amazing since that conversation. It feels like we chatted on the air six months ago, and it, it was does. just two days. The, the rate at which stuff has happened since then has been remarkable. You know, honestly, it, the, I, I, was, I was in studio in, in, in a, on a remote studio in Chicago that I was going to do on Saturday night a uh, bracketology update for Fox in between the Xavier Butler game and I think it was Oregon Stanford and and I never got on the air because the Xavier game went so long and and I and wa- watching Kamar Baldwin hit that shot I mean literally feels like it was 6 months ago and it's been 6 days it's interesting you say that because FS1 showed that game last night I feel like I'm I'm watching something from another lifetime it, it yeah. occurred Saturday night, it, you know, in the absence of showing the Big East tournament, they threw that game on, and, and I'm, I'm watching it thinking, this feels like it happened a lifetime ago. It was just Saturday, and it was eerie hearing the announcers talk about the bracket, and is Xavier going to make it, and who's going to be seated where, and at one point they showed your number one seeds. That was last night, and that game was played on Saturday. I know. It's amazing. I mean, I, 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 I was looking up some stuff for an article that I did on, um, on Hofstra, and they had made the tournament in the same way that NKU had made it, and congratulations to Darren Horn and company uh, for what they achieved in the Horizon League. And I talked to him today and wrote a piece about what their circumstance was like. And so I just looked at my computer, and I have Hofstra's net page up. I mean, I literally have had... The, net, the Warren Nolan net rankings on my computer screen, a tab on my computer screen, for, four, for three solid months. I mean, it's been up there every day, and I've looked at it probably a hundred times a day, and then all of a sudden there's no reason to look at it. it does, it's just, just stuff. Um, I think the answer to this question is no, based on the unknown that we're facing and all the logistical nightmares or questions that would have come up. But the immediate reaction that a lot of people had when they decided to to cancel the NCAA tournament was, why not postpone it and kind of go TBD? I don't think that's feasible. Do you? if it would have been feasible or not I, I don't know how much of a how much of a chance they gave it because remember it, 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 you can cancel at any time you can always say okay we we tried this and it's just not going to work and i i know that there were logistical problems because a lot of the campuses are are closing down or are restricting uh resident life and those sorts of things uh, it, i know that, that that there would have been obstacles to it but that that 
there's obstacles right now to launching the baseball season two weeks after the original opening day. But that's still what they're saying they're going to do. Now, they may not do it, but that's what their plan is. They're working on that and then, and, and then monitoring the situation. And so I don't think it would have been uh, impossible to just say, okay, we're just going to, we're going to call timeout. Here's your bracket. You know, we, maybe we'll hold off on the bracket uh, to see if we can do this again. Or maybe they give you the bracket. I don't know. You could have done a lot of different ways there. Um, but in any case, we're not going to do anything until we're 100% sure we can't do anything. And I, I, honestly, I would have liked to have heard from the president of the NCAA on why that was true, uh, why, why they chose the direction that they did. Mo, um, I was in Bankers Life Fieldhouse on Thursday afternoon. Again, feels like three days, three, <laughs> 300 days ago, and it was yesterday morning. Uh, and Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, uh, they, they sent out a press release at 11.43 or so that, that said that, that the tournament was off. And by about 12.20, he was in a, a press conference room that was set up for the tournament and was answering questions and took every single question from a media person. It lasted about 13 minutes and 40 seconds. So it didn't take him all day, but he did answer every single question anybody had. And then that was that. And the NCAA set out a one-paragraph pre- press release. They have 353 Division One consistent con- constituents. They probably had... 150 or so, maybe 125, that still had a chance to play in this tournament, and all they got was one paragraph. I don't think that's adequate in any way, and I don't understand how you could not at least have a conference call, take 10 or 15 questions from, from, you know, from reporters who call in, and then move on. That doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, for as much money as he makes, and he makes a lot of money, and I don't know that that job is worth the money he's paid, and I am not one to tell people how much they should make, but he makes a lot of money. And, and, it, and so if he could at least take a few questions to explain to universities, uh, the student athletes, the fans who support that, that enterprise, why they made the decision they did. I would imagine, Mike, that, that everybody listening to this conversation right now who either went to or cares about the University of Dayton is, is nodding along in agreement right now. Yeah, you know, I feel terrible for them. I really do. They had it was a magical season. It, 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 to, to get into this circumstance uh, is such it, you know it, 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 as for an Atlantic Ten team. I mean, when's the last time we had an A Ten team this good? Right. Uh, UMass, UMass in in ninety ninety six probably. Saint Joseph's uh, Jameer Nelson. Saint Joseph's Jameer Nelson. That would be another. So okay. So so since since the formation of the Atlantic Ten in seventy seven, we had Temple eighty eight. We had. We had UMass 96, we had St. Joe's 04, and we had these guys. They're one of the five best teams in the history of the league, and they didn't even get to go into the dance. Temple 88, Mark Macon. Now, now see, now you're speaking my language. Mike DeCourcy with the, uh, the Sporting News. Should the, the selection committee still reveal its 68-team bracket? I don't think there's anything to, to any upside to doing it. I, I don't see the point. I, I know if they had chosen to delay rather than cancel immediately, then it would have been prudent to put it up there because then those teams would have known that they were in and needed to continue their season, and the other teams could have said, okay, that's it, we're done. Uh, and, 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 you know, and whether they, would, they wouldn't have had to continue their season for the near term, they would have just known that at some point they would need to get back in the gym or, or be aware that they might have to get back in the gym. And so I, I think they absolutely should have in that case. But in this case, 
I don't see what's, what, 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 up, what the upside is. I mean, if you want to have an idea of whether you'd have made it, you can look at the bracket matrix and see what the consensus said. And, uh, and, and I think that's probably what the, the bracket would be pretty close to what the committee would have done. Uh, and, but it, but the reality is that uh, except for those teams that had earned automatic qualification in the first five, six days of selection week, uh, the rest are just going to have to either know they would have made it, like uh, like a Penn State would or uh, or, or obviously a Dayton, uh, or no, they did make it, like uh, Northern Kentucky, Hofstra, uh, also uh, Utah State, teams like that. So I have 75 segments next week of Sports Talk Radio. I want that bracket out. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Well, you know, like I said, the bracket matrix is a consensus of like 100. And the yeah. reason I'm, and re, by the way, the reason I'm touting this, so 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 heavily is that I had every single team on the matrix. So of course, yes. so by all means, that's why I want that to be the final official bracket because you know in my first go round it looks like I you know I that I you know I got sixty eight out of sixty eight. So I you know I I want that to be the last bracket anybody sees since we're not going to actually play a tournament. I can certainly understand that. One of the one of the questions that immediately uh, arose yesterday was should there be something done to give uh, departing seniors from this year's class of college basketball players a chance to play next season. Now, in spring sports, which the NCAA has canceled championships, regular seasons can still can still happen. That's up to the individual conferences and universities. But uh, I, my, my understanding is seniors in spring sports will have a chance to come back next year. Should and will that opportunity be given to, to college basketball players or seniors departing uh, from winter, winter sports, winter sports teams? Yes. Uh, yeah, so that would be uh, a lot of different uh, women's basketball, wrestling, ice hockey, right. uh, team uh, sports like that. And, and, and honestly, I, I just don't see the downside of it. I, I, people are out there standing on their heads. But what about the freshmen that are coming in? Yeah, so what? They get you know they're either they're either John Wall or they got to wait their turn. You know that's so. Welcome to the 1980s when everybody said college basketball was wonderful. That's what you've been asking for for 15 years. Now this is your chance. Now I, I don't think that if they do it that a lot of people will take them up on it i but i would love to see them do it i i like almost 100 percent don't think they will because it because because they did play a full uh regular season but a lot of a lot of teams didn't play even into the conference tournament uh some people say well what about the ones who are eliminated i'm like okay what about it what's so bad about giving them a chance i mean like what's so horrible about that would that would be terrible you know, I would say that I would only approve it if the player stayed in his current circumstance. Um, I would not approve it for a transfer because I'm not, you know, this isn't supposed to be like, you know, grocery shopping. Uh, if, if you loved your, your team and your, and your circumstance so much that you want another lap, cool. But if you want to think, you think it's a time for you to go, you know, because you had a good season, now I can go to Kentucky or whatever. No, I don't think so. I think only if you only if you missed your chance to be with your team in March, should you get should you get another shot. Otherwise, then you can move along with everybody that wants to turn pro. Uh, and I I tend to think that would be the overwhelming majority of kids would say thanks, but no thanks. Someone yeah, I think so. That's them what, them yeah. more reason why I don't think it'd be a bad idea because I just don't think that it would gum up the works as much as some people are saying. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Uh, you're, you're always generous with your time. I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks so much. You bet, Mo. Thank you. Mike DeCourcy, Sporting News on Twitter, at TSN. Mike, Big Ten Network, Fox Sports, Bracketologist. I mean, I'm listening to Mike 
who is, you know, one of, one of my favorite people to talk to and, and one of my favorite people to read and follow. And I, I'm thinking ordinarily what he would be doing tonight and, and ordinarily what I would be doing tonight and, and ordinarily what you would be doing tonight. Now, I've been on the schedule to work this evening for uh, for weeks on end, but th- th- typically for me, I-, I was supposed to be off work at 8.30 tonight. We were going to have a Reds night game at 9 o'clock, and I'm looking at the calendar. Okay, I worked till 8.30 that Friday night. Uh, the the first wave of primetime games are going to be ending. I can run down to the Holy Grail or go somewhere and, and catch all the, the, the end of all the 7 o'clock games and, and be in place for, you know, the Big East semifinal, game number two. And, I mean, th- this afternoon, my plan was... UD was going to play at noon. UC was going to play at 1 o'clock. Kentucky was going to play at 1 o'clock. And I didn't work until tonight. So I'm thinking I could watch my two favorite teams, Kentucky, uh, will have Xavier possibly on Friday night. They would have had to have won two games for that to happen, and clearly they did. They lost on Wednesday. But this is one of my favorite days on the calendar in sports. Sunday is my absolute favorite, not to mention opening day two weeks from yesterday, which is now no longer two weeks from yesterday. And in the grand scheme of things, as a fan, is it that big of a deal that we don't have basketball to watch? Well, not in relation to keeping yourself healthy and safe and the same for your family, but it's sad. It's incredibly sad. I agree wholeheartedly with the decisions to suspend or postpone or uh, even cancel the NCAA tournament and Major League Baseball and the NBA. I, I get it. We're, we're taking extreme caution, which is what you do when you're facing the unknown. I, I really do understand it, but it makes me sad. I'm going to get off work tonight at 9 o'clock. I'm going to go home, and I'll find something to do. <laughs> My wife and I will have a couple of cocktails. We'll watch something on Netflix. We'll listen to Sterling until midnight. We'll do something, and that's great. But what I wanted to do tonight was... Talk about UC's game earlier today. And look ahead to tomorrow. Are they going to play Wichita State or UConn, assuming they would have won? And, you know, I went to the University of Dayton, a proud 1999 graduate of UD, and and discussed the possibility of the Flyers making the Final Four. Are you kidding me? And have spirited discussions about should Xavier get in or not, and if they don't, what is that going to mean for Travis Steele next year? Like, that's the fun part of this. And we don't get to do that now. And it sucks. I mean, like, there's, there's no more eloquent way to put it. It sucks. It, it sucks. And does it suck as much as uh, somebody who might have the coronavirus, which obviously folks in the greater Cincinnati area, some now do? Of course not. But still, this is something, you know, sports are, obviously I talk about them for a living, but they're such a huge part of, of what I am and who I am and, and a big part of my life. Most of my friends, that, that's what bonds us. That's what we talk about. That's what we get together and drink beers to do, watch sports or go to games. And to think that we can't do that for a while, it's not the end of the world, but it still sucks. 23 minutes after 7 o'clock, my name is Mo Egger. In for Lance McAllister tonight on 700 WLW. Tomorrow morning at 5.30, Gary Jeff Walker fills your morning with the latest news, weather, sports, fine conversation, and Possibly the occasion. Severe weather station, News Radio 700 WLW. I'm Mo Egger in for Lance McAllister. This is Sports Talk on 700 WLW. My show's ordinarily Monday through Friday from uh, 3 till 6. By the way, back here Monday for Lance, 
But my understanding he is, is he was going to be in Milwaukee this weekend to watch an NBA game and see Giannis Antetokounmpo and the insanely fun-to-watch Milwaukee Bucks. And one of uh, many, 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 many uh, trips slash vacations slash excursions uh, uh, that has been uh, canceled around the country. Um, there's, there's actually, it's interesting. I've had a lot of people say to me over the last day or so, man, you're a sports talk radio host. What do you talk about? And I, I get it. We're not going to have games for a while. I tend to think that in my field and in Lance's field, what we do specifically, which is set up against the backdrop of sports, I actually think there's going to be a lot to talk about, a ton to get to. I do think, though, in the short term, as we navigate our way through a, a sportsless culture, we are going to find out specifically how important sports are. We're going to get to that coming up after the uh, 7.30 news. And uh, we'll spend a few minutes on the idea that, let's say a player like a, a Trayvon Scott or a, a Tyreek Jones should get an extra year of eligibility. I'm like Mike DeCourcy. I don't see much downside to it. I'll try to make you somewhat excited about the possibility of a shortened baseball season. And the Bengals made a move today that's inevitable. I want them to make another one that is seemingly not so inevitable. All that between now and Sterling at uh, 9 o'clock. But first, Matt Reese and the 730 News on 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. The president may get tested for corona. Coming up at uh, 9.05. You know, you, you often hear people say, hey, sports sports aren't that important. Well, okay, I, I kind of get I, I get what people mean when they say that, right? But, but I actually don't think that sentence is true. The results of games, frankly, in the grand scheme of things, not that important, right? Like if, if, if the coronavirus reached levels that I don't think anybody thinks it's going to reach, but, you know, really we started to get mass casualties, are we going to be that worked up over a college basketball game or the results of an NFL? No. It is the toy department of life. The results of games in the grand scheme don't matter that much. But I, I do feel like in the coming weeks, uh, locally and nationally, we're really going to get a sense of how important sports are. And and for all the you know, really obvious reasons, not the least of which is, well, it, in times of crisis, I, I, I do think people take great comfort in, in sports. And I, I think of, of after 9-11, right? I mean, I'll never forget being at the first NFL game after 9-11, or the first, I guess, Bengals game after 9-11. Bengals beat the Patriots. Or, I'm sorry, beat the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and it, it was comforting. It's comforting to be in an NFL game. Kind of scary because, you know, we, we didn't know what was going to happen next and extra security measures were taken, but it was kind of comforting. It was kind of comforting to, in, in the, the, the weeks after 9-11, pop on a baseball game, even though the, the Reds were really bad that year. So, so there's, there's all that. It can provide comfort, can be a distraction, can bring people together. All that is true. But sports are also a huge part of our national economy. And, and granted, this, I'm not the first person to, to bring this up specifically, but, but if you just, if you just think of, of the Cincinnati Reds and, and how many people are impacted by one Cincinnati Reds baseball game. And I'm not talking about the players. Like, you know, obvious people, 
beer vendor, hot dog vendor, ticket taker, usher, the people working in the front office that are, you know, rank and file employees, uh, the folks around the ballpark, parking lots, bar owners, restaurant owners, vendors working outside, the secondary ticket market, the broadcast outlets that carry the games, including obviously the radio station you are listening to at this very moment. People wagering on baseball. Like, you talk about a hit. Say what you want about gambling, which is legal in large chunks of the country right now. That's a huge part of our economy. It it, it just is. Think of the money that's going to be lost because of there not being any NCAA tournament. So I I have a a sense here, because this, this stoppage, I think what's happened today is, I think there's been this realization that uh, you know what? This this stoppage is is going to be a while. Like it's, it, it, we're we're not going to come out on the other end of this two weeks from now. This this is going to be this is going to be a a while. This is going to take some time. It's going to be a while before we're we're back to normal. It's it's going to be a while before you could listen to a Reds game or or, or watch an NBA game or go to a hockey. It's going to be a long time. And I think during the course of that, we're certainly going to miss them, and some will find other things to do, and, and some will probably find other things to, to wager their money on. But this is going to hit a lot of people, and I, I, I'm not trying to be overly pessimistic, but, but th- this is going to impact a ton of people. Just think of opening day and how many places that touches and how many people that touches. It is remarkable when you think about it. How many people have at least uh, a fraction of their income or a part of their livelihood that depends on sports, that depends on games being played, that depends on the, the, the gates of ballparks and arenas being opened? I think we're actually going to fully realize here specifically how important sports really are. Think of the city of Dayton which every single year hosts the first four, the first uh, two days of the NCAA tournament. And it's awesome. Dayton's a great host. They usually do a great job selling tickets. Uh, It's a a basketball-mad part of the country. It is also really easy for a huge chunk of the United States to get to. Now, granted fans of teams and the teams themselves who have to play in Dayton, they're given very little notice that they go there, but those are uh, eight teams that use hotel rooms. Eight teams whose pet bands and cheerleaders use hotel rooms. Small pockets of fans of those teams, and you know Xavier's played in that event before. Dayton itself has played in that before. There's a really decent possibility that maybe UC would have played in Dayton or IU would have played in Dayton. And so those are short trips, but you also have, you know, folks flying in from around the country and those restaurants, people patronize them and they come in and out of the airport. They spend money at places. They spend money at UD arena. None of that's going to happen now. And Dayton specifically, because you think of some of the places like Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland uh, was going to host the the MAC tournament. Obviously, it didn't happen. They were an NCAA tournament site. Obviously, it didn't happen. That is a large, major city, and there's a a different set of complications economically when there's a large, major city. But when we do have sports again, they'll have the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Cleveland Indians and the Cleveland Browns. Dayton, nothing against the, the city of Dayton. I'm a graduate of UD, 
those first four. It's the big sporting event. I know the air show's big and UD basketball, but still, that's the, the big sporting event. So I, I think the way we frame the conversation about whether or not sports are important, I, I hope it changes here. I hope it changes here moving forward. The outcome of a game in the grand scheme might not matter. Whether or not Tom Brady goes and plays for a certain team might not matter, although there's certainly economic implications when it comes to to his decision. Think of the, the, the people working for sports teams right now. Think of the people who are making decisions about what they're going to do financially over the coming weeks that might not that might now have to, you know, yank season tickets. Sports are important. They're a big part of our culture, an enormous part of our culture. They're a big part of our economy. They're a big part of who we are. When you travel, uh, to whatever extent that you do, uh, and, and you mention you're from Cincinnati, almost inevitably, somebody will mention at some point in the conversation, Oh, the, the Bengals. Now, <laughs> that's not the best example of, of, of something you want to be uh, proud of, but it, it comes up. Oh, man, oh, I grew up a big Red Machine fan, or hey, you're going to get Joe Burrow. It, 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 it is a part of our identity. It is a part of a region's identity. It's a part of a, a city's identity. It's a part of a state's identity. And to a degree, it's a part of the country's identity. Now, those conversations can still take place. But yeah, sports are important. The outcome of a game might not be. But ask anybody who's looking at their own bottom line or trying to budget or trying to figure out how they're going to make up, <clears throat> excuse me, for lost income because of this. Who the absence of sports isn't touching. Your phone calls are more than welcome. 513-749-7000. 800-THE-BIG-ONE-POUND. 700-FREE. Call AT&T. Our guests come to us on the AcuteHearingCenters.com. Hotline news is uh, 15 minutes away. Uh, no more guests between now and 9 o'clock, so uh, you and I can have a Friday evening conversation and uh, an amazing time to be alive. My name is Mo Egger. This is Sports Talk on a Friday evening. Lance is off tonight. This is 700-WLW. Here we go! Stop that virus! What? Eight hundred, the big one pound, seven hundred free on AT and T. We have been uh, busy with all sorts of guests and me meandering about any number of things. Now let's take some phone calls. Starting in Florence, Randy, you're on seven hundred WLW. What's up? Hey, I've got a question for you, Mo. Yeah. Being a sports guy, do you bet? Do you gamble? Uh, casually, yes. Yes, yeah, so do I. So I went down and I bet the uh, over and unders on the baseball games. Mm-hmm. I've lost. I'm going to lose them because if they push it back three weeks, that's going to. I'm going to lose those games. Correct? No, it's based on a 162 game. It's based on a full season. So my understanding, and this is a good question, and I'll try to get clarification. That is, if they adjust it and let's say they play a 140 game season, that the all bets are off. Okay, so the over and under, like on the Reds, is 86. I took over, and if they don't play the full amount of schedule, you're, they're going to adjust that, that that line you're saying? No, I think you're going to get your money back. Uh, okay. And, and gotcha. I, I will try to get a, I will try to get an answer. But if, if, if this, if the season is altered, look, they're not going to win 86 games if they play, let's say a hundred games, right? So there's no chance they have right. to hit it. My understanding is a reputable sports book. And hopefully that's where you made your bet with. will will give you your money back. I did. So I went to the casino down there and, uh, 
Indiana Rising Sun, right. and, I, and I go there a lot. But the uh, I also, you know, I bet the Reds to win the Central, and uh, <clears throat> I bet other games. So if they cancel the season, they will give your money back. You're saying if they if they cancel the season, absolutely. Um, if, for, okay. for instance, gotcha. I, I made an, an offshore wager. Uh, on on the University of Dayton to win the national title in in college basketball, that that mm-hmm. wager has already been returned. I got you. That's good to know because I I like to do that. I mean, it makes I was looking forward to actually the best. It keeps you it keeps you energized yeah. all year long. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, I do it with the Reds. I, I I have a the same one with the Reds. Now I made it at eighty three and a half. I make it every year. I make it every single season only because if if they're not in it, I want to have something to root for. So I do right. the exact same thing. So my well, my, my understanding is th- those numbers are based on a full season being played. If a full 162 game season is not played, you'll get your money back. So you got 83 and a half. Oh, you took over. I'm, I'm I sure took. I'm right. yeah, I, I always take over. I got it before Castellanos was acquired. Oh, you did good. Yeah. That's a good bet. I yeah. hope you win. <laughs> I hope we both win. I don't know if we're going to have a chance. Thank you uh, for the phone call, Randy. Thanks so much. I hope everything goes good. See you. I do too. Thank you. Now, my, my my understanding is uh, for for something like that with the casinos, I am going to get an answer. I'm going to get an answer from somebody uh, reputable. Uh, yeah, like UD. Uh, as soon as it appeared that they had a shot, I, I got them to to make the Final Four back in November at plus seventeen hundred. Pretty good value. They're not going to play the tournament. Got my money back. So, but. You know, again, if you think about it from from the casino or from the the bookmaker's perspective, they they lose either way. I mean, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna give money to the people who won and collect money from the people who lost. They're just gonna give everybody's money back on futures bets, things of that nature. And they're not gonna get any money on events that aren't played, like the NCAA tournament. And there's gonna be no office pool this year, which means you know you, you see it every year. You read the stories about. Well, the uh, the tournament costs so much people, so much money to companies in terms of lost productivity. Well, you can't blame the tournament this year for people slacking off at work. Uh, Jason is on seven hundred WLW. Hi, Jason. Hey, Mo. How are you doing? Tonight? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing fine, and and uh, I'm going to keep this at a higher level. Although I am a gambling guy, yeah. um, but I, I really liked your introduction to the importance of sports and i would say let's back it off of the uh, the economic impact if if when when you're in high school and you're able to play sports as an extracurricular activity it's really important and whatever sport it is or if you're in the band or in the play or whatever it is activities yeah it's it's important and then on the, so there's two sides of this. And then on the flip side, as far as the importance of sports, a lot of people get enjoyment out of whether it's high school or collegiate sports. But then on the flip side, you get the importance of just enjoying professional sports. It's, 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 you get away from all this coronavirus stuff. Yeah, it's entertaining. You get away it's a diversion. From all the gut. Yes. So beyond the economic activity, which of course comes with all of these activities, the importance of sports is tremendously high. It, it really is, and I think you did a very good job of describing how how important it it really is to us as local, state, national. 
I mean, it, it, it's very important. Yeah, look, there are. You're, you're very right, Jason. Thank you uh, so much for the phone call. The the the, the loss of activities. Uh, I have a buddy of mine who works here, and his 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 daughter was was going to play in a volleyball tournament this weekend, and she'll get a chance to play volleyball tournament. It was going to be, I believe, in St. Louis. That gets scrapped, and and understandably so. Sports on on that level are. Not going away, but they're, they're also on hiatus, and and those are important. And if you're a kid, you don't get those experiences back. You know, you don't get another year of of eligibility tacked on to the end of your childhood. It's it's not how it works as much as many of us would. No, for, from purely an emotional level, I don't want to come off like a loser here because I do have other interests, and the most important things to me in my life are my family. But sports are a huge part of my life, and and that's 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 beyond professional. That's beyond doing a sports talk show. There aren't many friendships that I have that sports aren't a part of. A conversation starter. Common ground for somebody that I ordinarily might not have a lot in common with. Heck, my wife, our first date was to watch a college football game. Um, You know, something that gets you through hard times. Something that gets you through a crisis in your life. Something that is is worth, you know, sitting down and enjoying at the end of a hard day. When you're going through professional issues or maybe personal problems or something that in this day and age is a distraction from all the ugliness. Like from an emotional standpoint, and again, most of us have them in their proper context, like most of us do. You will find losers whose lives revolve, revolve around the, the outcome of a game or the success of a team. And I certainly get wrapped up in those things. They're, they're not my identity, but they're such a huge part of my life. I can't think of a day in my life including during the sports hiatus after 9-11, where there wasn't some sort of team event that I was following. Maybe a transaction. Maybe reading a sports story. Maybe reading a baseball book. I mean, think of, and again, I said this at the top of the show, I have a feeling with all the postponements that have come out, now it's the weekend, right? Instinctively, when I go home tonight, I'm going to crash on the couch, And the very first thing that I'm going to do instinctively is turn on ESPN. And then I'm going to hit the guide button on my remote and look at all the sports channels because inevitably there's a game on, right? Inevitably a game on. And as somebody who loves a different variety of sports, I can always find a game. I won't tonight. Or maybe it's tomorrow. That is, and again, in, in the grand scheme of things, is that that important? No, but... It is a big part of our lives, and anything that's a big part of your life is by nature important. That's not to say we don't all understand why what's happening is happening. I think most of us with a brain do. I guess there's a few holdovers. Most of us do understand why this is happening. But, you know, when, when I, I never, I'll, I'll do it tonight without even, I did it tonight at six o'clock. I sat down in here, I grabbed the remote. We have three TVs in stunning standard definition. And I, I turn on the sports channels, and oh yeah, that's right, Corona. I mean, instinctively, and that makes me as hokey and stupid as it sounds. That makes me really sad. The absence of that makes me sad, especially this time of year. Eight o'clock, five one three seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one pound seven hundred. Free call on uh, AT and T. NCAA is considering doing something. I hope they do. I'll ask you what the downside to them doing it is coming up after the eight o'clock news, which happens right now on seven hundred WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. The country in a state of emergency tonight. The following takes place between 8 p.m. 
and 9 p.m. I, uh, I, I don't want you to, to not listen to this show tonight. Of course, I, I want to have you here. I'm here until 9. My name's Mo Egger. Lance is off this evening. Sports Talk 700 WLW. Sterling coming up at 9.05. I, I don't want you to go anywhere. But, you know, um, on, on Wednesday night, on Wednesday afternoon, the NCAA announced, well, we're going to have the tournament. We're going to have the NCAA tournament without fans. And uh, a lot of college basketball conferences said, we're going to have our tournaments without fans. And the Big East actually had half of a game that was without fans. Now, family members were allowed. Uh, that St. John's Creighton game that they played a half of yesterday, actually, the pep bands were there. So there, there was some ambience to it. But a lot of us were thinking, like, well, what it would, what, what's it going to be like? What's it going to be like if they have these events in empty arenas? Well... I wasn't aware that this was happening because I don't watch professional wrestling. But I guess WWE is still, they're still cranking out shows. They air a show on Friday night's SmackDown, airs on Fox. I'm speaking about this like I actually follow this stuff. That I did know. They're actually airing a show tonight. It's a full wrestling show, no fans. That is, that's because they got the, the people on the microphones cutting promos, yelling and screaming at each other. It's one thing to do that when you've got an arena full of people or wrestling fans. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Laugh, laugh. It's another thing to do that when there's absolutely nobody there. And yet they're doing, I was watching that in the other room where Dave, Dave, what channel is that on? I need that in here. Right now I got all the, the dumb cable TV networks on where people are, are yelling at each other about the coronavirus and Trump. And I, I don't. I, I can't do people yelling at each other right now. So I'll watch. I mean, like, for real. Like, the wrestling yelling at each other, which is not real, I can watch. In an empty, empty arena. That is fascinating. Um, I'm going to get to a couple of phone calls left over from last hour. And then we'll talk about something that the NCAA, I think, should do. Because it would actually, I, I don't know, um... Prove that the NCAA has something that most people don't think it has in the wake of the tournament being canceled, along with pretty much everything else. Uh, but first, Mike in Troy, you're on 700 WLW. Hi, Mike. Mike in Troy, hello. Yeah. Hi, hey. Mike. Hey. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm pretty close to Dayton, Ohio. And, mm. you know, you take the Dayton Flyers, and they are... The, probably the best team in uh, college basketball. Uh, an argument could be made for that, down. yes. And they totally got shut down. Yep. Yes. It is going to be. What? It is going to be. Well, the, you know, the, the coronavirus that that's that, that's happening. That's canceled a lot of events. Well, it, sure. It, it will remain but one I mean, of the. Okay, go ahead. You don't want to listen to me. Well, no, I, I'm just saying. I mean, this is like. Epic for them. Yeah. For them to, you know, Dayton, Ohio, nobody, you, really. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's sad. That's, it is sad. As a, as it, a UD grad, Mike, I've, I graduated from UD almost 21 years ago. I have heard from people that I haven't heard from since we graduated 21 years ago because of this basketball team. That basketball team, you talk about the importance of sports, it has brought a lot of us together. 
that haven't spoken to each other in years because of this basketball. We found each other on Facebook. We've looked up each other. We found each other on other social media avenues. Uh, we've made contact that had been lost for years and years and years because of this basketball team. So it is, yeah, in, in that respect, it, it is. Plus, one of the great what-ifs is always going to be what would that team have done in the NCAA tournament because at UD, look, Kentucky's always going to have a good basketball team. Kansas will have another good basketball team. Baylor will have another good basketball team. Dayton will have good basketball teams. How often will it have the potential player of the year? How often will it go through a season undefeated in conference play? How often will it have a lottery pick? How often will it have a season like this? Chances are it'll never happen, and if it does, it's going to be a long time from now, and so for them to not get a chance to play out the NCAA tournament, I understand why. I I don't have to wonder why. I get it, but it is still really, really sad. And that's why I called in, and I normally don't call in on radio shows. Mm -hmm. I just listen, but this one stings. It stings big time. Thank you uh, so much for the phone call, Mike. If you're a UC basketball fan, and full disclosure, I grew up a UC fan. I still am a UC fan. But I went to UD. I I, I root for the Bearcats, and and frankly, I'm a bigger Bearcat fan than the Flyers because my love of UC basketball goes back to when I was 12. Um, 20 years ago, Kenyon Martin broke his leg. It's a moment that we all remember, right? And UC was number one in the country. That season, they finished... Uh, they were number one in, the, in in one of the two polls, in at least one of the two polls, 12 different weeks. Kenyon was the, the player of the year. He won every player of the year award. That was a great team. But as, but as that season is, is playing out, we all kind of knew, all right, UC basketball is always good, but this is their shot. This is their chance. This is their chance to win a championship. Yet these kind of things don't happen all that often. You have the player of the year you had. They had the sixth pick in the NBA draft that year as well, Tamar Johnson. Like seasons like that, even for good basketball programs, and UC basketball has for a long time had a good basketball program, there are certain seasons that feel like they're once-in-a-lifetime years. And it was taken away. Now, there are differences. UC season was taken away because something happened in the context of a basketball game, Kenyon Martin. Our immediate concern at the time, frankly, was as much for Kenyon as it was for the team itself. It turned out he was okay and still the number one pick in the draft and had a really good NBA career. And the, 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 the remaining players at least got a chance to play in the tournament where they lost in the second round to Tulsa. But 20 years later, it still stings and you still ask what if. UD basketball, obviously the season ends under a different set of circumstances. It didn't happen within the context of a basketball game. We all get why it ended. But as this season has played out for UD fans, there's been this feeling of they're never going to be this good again. It's never going to be like this. And UD basketball is a good program. Anthony Grant's a good coach. They'll go back to the tournament. They should always be one of the best programs in the A-10. Like, the fans really care at UD. Like They'll be good for a while. But at the University of Dayton in the A-10, how often are you going to have the player of the year? How often are you going to have a lottery pick? How often are you going to have a year where you go undefeated in your conference? And they didn't even get a chance to play the kind of competition that folks said all year long they need to be measured against. We'll never know how far that team would have gone. Maybe they would have flamed out early. Maybe they would have gotten upset by a team who didn't have as good of a year from a major conference. Uh, maybe Obi Toppin leads them to a national championship. Maybe they go to a Final Four for the first time in over 50 years. 
but we're never going to find out. This is, you shouldn't have to qualify this, but this entire thing is sad on a billion different levels. And the, the cancellation of the NCAA tournament stinks for everybody involved. I feel bad for the players at NKU. I feel bad for, feel bad for, for Trayvon Scott at UC, who I think would have had a chance to play in the tournament. I, I, feel, I feel bad for every player who maybe this was their only chance to play in something that a lot of us dream of playing in, and they don't get a chance. Like, you feel bad for everybody. But if there is one fan base, in addition to the team and the players and the coaches and the staff, but, but if there's one fan base, one group of fans that I think everybody should feel a, 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 a little extra sorry for, for lack of a better way of putting it, it's, it's Dayton basketball fans. It has been a remarkable season. I said this a few minutes ago. As a, as a UD alum, I, I've, I've had conversations with people that I haven't seen in 20-plus years because of this basketball team. Not even They went to the Elite Eight in 2014, and it was awesome. That team finished fifth in the Eight Ten. They were a great team. They had a great run in March. UD basketball might always be good, but you only have a team like this. You only have this kind of thing. It's a once-in-a-lifetime team, and it doesn't even, you don't even get a chance to watch them in March. That, that hurts, man. 20 years from now, we still ask, what if? What if Kenyon Martin doesn't break his leg? And there's a lot of what ifs. You can go down a lot of wormholes from maybe Bob Huggins is still at UC. Maybe Mick Cronin never coaches at UC. Maybe UC's not stuck in the AAC. Who knows? Who knows? And we'll ask the same things, related things, about UD basketball. And that's, that's, that's hard to swallow if you're a fan of the Dayton Flyers. Um, should the NCAA give seniors, college basketball, wrestling, hockey, seniors from winter sports, an extra year of eligibility? We'll get to that and more of your phone calls next on 700 WOW. You can't run. You can't hide. No matter where you are, we'll be there with you. Listen to 700 WLWs. By the way, on this wrestling thing that we're watching, I'm now, this is where my life is. Like, we have no sports. I'm watching professional wrestling that's happening in an empty arena. They're still doing the whole thing where they're posing for the crowd and, like, you know, they're, 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 the one woman, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know who any of these characters And I, 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 Dave, I don't care. So you don't have to fill me in. But they're like, you know, standing up on the turnbuckle on the top rope, gesturing to the fans, you know, encouraging their cheers, but there are no fans. Like they've completely remained in character. And if you were watching and couldn't tell that there were no fans, you would think they were, you know, gesturing to somebody who's actually in the arena and there's, there's no one in the arena. I, I realize this is not the best radio right now, me describing what's happening to you on television, but on, on, on some level, this is uh, pretty, pretty fascinating. Wrestling in an empty arena. 513-749-7000. the big one pound 700 is uh, free on uh, AT&T. Uh, Chuck in Cleves, you're on 700 WLW. How you doing, Chuck? No, I really feel bad for you, buddy. Why? Because you're the sports guy and there's nothing to talk about. You know what? I, I, I've, I've been asked that by a lot of people. A lot of people have said that to me. I, I don't think it's going to be that hard. I think there's, first of all, the job is to always come up with things that matter to your audience, and we might have to do it in a different way. I don't think there's going to be a shortage of topics. I really don't. Please, please tell me they did not cancel the Cornhole Championship Tournament. Bubba, Bubba 
Bubba Joe's up by two games. Is that the Cornhole Championship tournament that's being held in your backyard? Or the American no. Cornhole League? No, it's on the Ocho. <laughs> the what? The Ocho, Dodgeball. Oh, the Ocho on ESPN 8, yes. I don't know. I, I, Dave <laughs> Keaton, my producer, will look that up. You know who's really suffering from this? Tell me. Big Lops. <laughs> Why is that? Because they cannot have their March Madness mattress sale. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, we will have an absence of, hey, there, there's going to be March Mania. March on in and take advantage of these sales. We must be going mad slash, slash slashing prices. Yeah, that is usually one of my favorite side components of the NCAA tournament, and we are not going to get it. On the real side, is Marty Party canceled? Uh, for him going into the Reds Hall of Fame? No, no. That party they were supposed to have before uh, the, opening. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Oh, man. By the way, I am looking here on the American Cornhole League's uh, Twitter page. Thank you for the phone call. Which is, uh, if, if you don't follow, it's at iPlayCornhole on Twitter. The 2020 Cornhole Mania has been canceled. The 2020 Cornhole Mania canceled. So add that to the lengthy list of things that have either been postponed or completely canceled. 2020 Cornhole Mania. Five one three seven four nine seven thousand. I, I, a lot of people have said this to me. You don't really care about me doing my job. I, I get that. I genuinely think, and I'll, I'll be completely honest with you, because all of this started to happen while Lance was on the air last night, and I didn't get a chance to listen, uh, but for the first uh, maybe 10, 15 minutes. Um, so I'm not sure how, how he talked about this or, or how he's even going to handle this. He'll be back on Tuesday. But a lot of people have said to me, oh, how are you going to fill the time? Actually, he's not back on Tuesday. He's back next Thursday. How are you going to fill the time? What are you going to do? I, number one. A talk show host doesn't fill time. A good one doesn't. And not that I'm good. Doesn't fill time. They come up with things to talk about in a way that is hopefully entertaining and informative to the audience. And that's the directive, whether or not there's games or things happening in sports. Like I, I, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of discussions, and some of them might be hard discussions, about the nature of seasons, the nature of leagues when they return, what the structure of a season should be like. I just, I don't know. I could be wrong, but in this business, you deal with slow periods on the calendar, post football, pre baseball, really post football, pre March madness is always pretty slow. The dead of summer is usually pretty slow when the Bengals have been bad, which they were terrible last year, you know, in the middle of November, were we like, you know, really crunching the, the play by play from the most recent game? No, you, you come up with other stuff. So, I I could be dead wrong. I'm sure some days will be harder than others. I don't think there's going to be a shortage of stuff to talk about. And I believe that if you are looking at that this challenge, if you do what I do for a living from the standpoint of this is going to be really, really hard and I don't know how I'm going to do it. Number one, embrace the challenge. It's a chance to experiment, a chance to do some things differently. It's a chance to talk about some things that maybe you ordinarily wouldn't get a chance to talk about. I, I think this is, I don't want to say fun because it's occurring against the backdrop of something that is decidedly not fun. Like, I don't think anybody would describe this time as fun. 
But as a sports talk radio host, I, I do think there's something intriguing and even a little fun about what's what's ahead. Uh, trust me, I'd, I'd much rather be talking about the game that UC played today or Selection Sunday uh, or could Dayton actually go to a Final Four or should Xavier make it or who should start on opening day or you know what's going to happen with Nick Sens. I'd much rather talk about all those things. I, I mean, it, it, that's, that's why I got into this. That is why I, I got into this many, many years ago. It's why I always wanted to do this. But I, I think for, for people like myself and Lance and, and others whose jobs revolve around talking about sports, I think it's maybe a little bit more difficult if you're a sports center anchor. I think it's in, in, a, in a forum like this, which is uh, lends itself to creativity and experimentation. I think that the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting and, and not bad, uh, challenging, but it, it's up to us to make them good and make them fun and worth the audience's time. Lance will succeed. I will mostly fail, but I'll still try. 513-749-7800, the big one pound, 700 uh, free call, AT&T. Sterling is coming up at uh, 9.05. The latest on the coronavirus and more with Matt Reese right now. 8.30 News, 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. Wall Street ends the week with a mini rev next week. I think you have uh, Ken Brew next Tuesday, Paul Daner next Wednesday, you and I tonight and Monday. Normally my show's on ESPN 1530, uh, 3 to 6 in the afternoon. I, 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 as we say in the business, teased this before, then I didn't deliver. Not the first time that's happened. Uh, if you play a, a spring sport uh, for a major university or college, the NCAA canceled spring championships. There will be no College World Series. There will be no national track and field championships. It is up to the individual institutions and conferences as to whether or not those sports are going to have regular seasons. Um, the NCAA has uh, put in place um, legislation that will enable seniors, departing seniors, who ordinarily would have exhausted their eligibility if they play a spring sport to come back for another season. And there's a lot of people who, in the in the aftermath of the NCAA tournament being canceled, have said, well, the same thing should happen for men's basketball, women's basketball, uh, wrestling, ice hockey, winter sports. I agree with that. I agree with it. And I think the impact would be pretty minimal. And look, I, I get the, the, the counter to it, which is, A, what about the impact on incoming freshmen? I don't know. Sometimes there's mitigating circumstances. And, and you have to do things that, that might be a, a temporary inconvenience to some. The best of the best freshmen are still going to play. And, well, you know, what about a senior who is never going to play in the NCAA tournament? What if they were on a bad team that won like nine games this year? They weren't going to get a chance to play. Oh, okay. Like, wh- what, what would be the harm? Most, I believe most seniors would say, you know what? I've put in my time, my four or five years. I want to now go make money doing something. Maybe it's basketball. Maybe it's something else. I tend to believe actually most coaches would be against this, but because I, I, I think I think after four or five years they're they're kind of ready to move on and they really don't want a player who wants to come back for a, a fifth or maybe even a sixth season. I, I don't see any real downside though into saying let's let's for example use uh, let's use Jaron Cumberland. I, I kind of think that Jaron Cumberland is going to want to move on and, and try to go play professionally. But uh, he didn't get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament this year. He certainly had a, a decorated and, and eventful uh, college career at the University of Cincinnati. But they came to him and they went to every senior and said, you have a chance to come back. Now, you still have to, to do something academically. So you go to grad school, 
you finish your degree, you do something. There's still there's still some basic academic requirement. And we brought this up with Mike DeCorsi from the Sporting News about an hour and a half ago. And he said, look, not for transfers to come back and, and play and be eligible for the school that you were at this season. I would agree with that. First of all, I, I just don't think that many seniors would take schools up on it. Second of all, what's the downside? Now, are there are there side effects? Yes, side effects are different than downside. Downside is what? There's mitigating circumstances. The NCAA doesn't love mitigating circumstances, but this entire coronavirus pandemic that is affecting now everybody's life and certainly touched every conceivable sport is a mitigating circumstance. Mitigating circumstances usually ignite more mitigating circumstances. A one-year thing to give those kids a chance to come back and maybe have a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. What's the downside? 513-749-7000. 800 the big one, and uh, pound 700 is free on AT&T. Mike, on a cell phone, you're on 700 WLW. How you doing? Pretty good, thanks. I got two, two things for you. Yep. Number one, when the baseball season starts, um, I'm assuming they're not going to play a 162-game season. Right? I would, they want to, and they'll tell you they think they can. I would say there's absolutely no chance. And my point is, I think uh, a lot of people who love baseball uh, will probably find that maybe a 140-game season is going to be fantastic. Could not uh, agree more. There's a lot of people out there that think 100, 162 games is too many games anyway. Yeah. And a lot of the games and a lot of markets that start, you know, in late March, you're playing in cold weather, rainy weather. So I, I see that as is really not a very bad thing. So stepping away from the standpoint that we all want opening day, and stepping away from from the point of view where it's like, all right, if 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 you sell beer at Reds games and you work 41 games, you're going to make more, or 81 games, you're going to make more money than if you work 50 games. Removing ourselves from that, because there's obviously going to be huge, far-reaching economic implications for a lot of people. But from a pure baseball standpoint, I'll shrink it, because my, my guess is this doesn't get started until around Memorial Day at best. Let's say it was a 100-game dash to the playoffs. Tell me that wouldn't be a blast. I think it would be fantastic. It would put a premium on each individual game. You would you wouldn't have these early season rainouts. You know, let's face it, as much as we all love opening day, that first month of the season is brutal. Nobody goes to games. Weather impacts everything. It would really put a premium on getting off to a great start, which we've talked about a lot with the Reds because the last two years they've been miserable. Let's say it was 100 games or 110. Removing ourselves from the people that are going to be touched by this economically, I actually think that would be a lot of fun. I I agree. So that's my number one thing. Number two... And this is an open challenge to WLW, uh, to the program director and Clear Channel. Yeah. Pick a day next week that none of the talking heads are allowed to talk about the coronavirus. <laughs> talk about it during talk. Talk about it during your news broadcast if you have to to give public information. But challenge every one of the talking heads not to mention the coronavirus. For one day. All right, here's the so, deal. Here's the deal. I'll make a deal with you. I'll make a deal with you. One day next week, we'll do we'll do no coronavirus talk on ESPN fifteen thirty for three hours. I, I, well, you know, I was out for lunch with some of my buds today, yeah. and we all agreed that we're so sick and tired of hearing about it everywhere you go. Yeah. That everybody, you know, just like in your last broadcast. I mean, you talked about 
uh, you talked about uh, the Utah Jazz player, and that's already like three days old, yeah. and, it, and it came up again in the newscast today. So, well, I'm so sick of hearing about it. I get it. I think I know everything I need to know about the coronavirus, how to make sure I don't get it. To wash, I've heard a thousand times to wash my hands. I would love to have one day of programming where I don't have to listen to All it. Right, I'll make a deal with you. I will tell the bosses if you start driving with your seatbelt on. <laughs> have a good night. Mike, thanks so much. I could not. I'm not going to do that. Uh, the, the baseball end of it, and look, for for every economic and emotional reason, if you told me the baseball season was going to start tomorrow, I would do backflips. I, I would question the sanity of doing that. But, like, I, I genuinely feel for people who, and I've talked about this a lot tonight, I genuinely feel for people who make money off Reds games. And I, I went down the list, and I probably left people out. Like, I had a buddy of mine who sent me a text. He is an independent contractor as, as a cameraman on sports TV production crews. He doesn't get paid unless there's a game. So I genuinely feel for folks who depend on sporting events as a part of their income. Stepping away from that, purely as a baseball fan, let's, let's just set it at a, at a hard, even number. A 100-game baseball season, that, that would be, it'd be unique. There'd be some novelty to it. But... Each individual game now matters a lot more. You can't get off to a bad st- one and eight last year. You thought it doomed the Reds across 162 games. Try coming back from that. And you'll have purists that whine. Well, well, what about the records? Look, we've had shortened seasons before. 81 split season. Reds had the best record in baseball. Cardinals had the best record in the NL East. Neither team made the playoffs. Like, we, we had a 144 game season in 1995. Like, uh, 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 no, we're not going to permanently have 100 game seasons. Owners will never go for that. This radio station would never go for that. But, but, uh, okay. Okay, we're, I'm just going to tell you, we're not getting 162 games. I mean, we're not, okay? I, I, I hate to tell you that, we're not. So let's, let's think of what, what a, a reasonable number looks like. My, my guess is the baseball season doesn't start until around Memorial Day. I'm not going to click off the number of games that would be you know, blown out of the calendar, so let's set it at 100 games, right? Yeah, boy, that would be fun. And I think you would have more teams involved. You would kind of cut off that lag at the end of the year where, you know, the season, the regular season just feels like it drags on too long and nobody goes to those games. You would have not as many weather disruptions. I mean, there'd be a race, a hard dash to the postseason that I think would be kind of fun, that I think would be interesting and unique. And not permanent. And again, economically, and that's a big part of it, very less than ideal. But kind of fun. Kind of, there'd be a, you know, a hundred games is obviously still a lot of games, but, but, but kind of a football feel to it where the games matter more. You know, I mean, Sparky Anderson once said that, you know, the pennant race really doesn't begin until there's, you know, a hundred games have been played. Well, now it would begin after 40 games have been played. I mean, I just I think it'd be, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. 
Quarter to nine, 800 the big one pound, 700 free call AT&T. Look, quickly on the coronavirus, this, this radio station, the shows like this, they reflect what people are talking about. And the reality is people are talking about coronavirus. Even when you're talking about how tired you are of hearing people talk about coronavirus, you're still talking about coronavirus. The good news is in the, our little sports cocoon, we're allowed to occasionally step outside of it. And I think to a degree we've done that tonight. More of your phone calls are next. Sterling coming up in 20 minutes. My name is Mo Egger. In for Lance McAllister, this is 700 WLW. Mike Allen lets you be the jury tomorrow morning at 9 on 700 WLW. Hi, this is Trevor Jones with Robert Jones Plumbing, the world's friendliest plumbers. No, jo- Most of the sports headlines involve uh, events that aren't going to happen, but... I'll run through them for you here really quickly. Um, the, the Masters has been postponed to a later date. Uh, you probably know this. Masters started back in 1934, has only been uh, interrupted by World War II. Now, the key here is postponed. It would be interesting. The PGA Championship is now in May. U.S. Open in June. Open Championship. The Open Championship in July. So it'd be interesting to see where they put it on the calendar, maybe tack it onto the back end. Uh, but the Masters has been postponed. Boston Marathon postponed until September the 14th, which the good news to that is it gives me more time to train. NASCAR has postponed the next two races this weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway and next week at Homestead Miami Speedway. IndyCar Series postponed this weekend's uh, season opener at St. Petersburg. Also uh, postponed races through the end of April. The Premier League and Champions League soccer matches have been called off. Indiana High School Boys Basketball State Tournament postponed. Uh, Bengals update. Bengals actually did make a move today, uh, kind of an inevitable one, releasing tackle Cordy Glenn, who uh, his tenure in Cincinnati was weird. Last year for the Bengals was weird on a number of different levels. Uh, among them would be the Cordy Glenn ordeal. Uh, Major League and minor league players being told that they can go home. MLB still hopes to play 162 games, playing the postponed games at the back end of the schedule. That is subject to change, and it will. Horse racing, the Jeff Ruby Stakes, is set for tomorrow at Turfway Park and uh, is still on with no spectators in the stands. And as has been the case with almost everything, that has uh, been shut down over the course of the last uh, 48 or so hours, that is that, that could change at a moment's notice. I mean, the, the other day was weird. Um, and, and that word's being used a lot in, in relation to all this that's happening. But I'm watching ESPN yesterday afternoon, and I'm going back and forth because that's normally Thursday, conference championships, conference tournaments are happening. There's all sorts of games uh, that are supposed to take place. And, and the players in the ACC tournament, Florida State and Clemson, were supposed to play. They're out there warming up. And you just had a sense they weren't going to, and they didn't. Uh, obviously, the NBA game the other night where the players were on the floor ready to go, and it got shelved. Um, so anything that you hear is still going to happen, even if it doesn't have spectators. Uh, don't be surprised if it doesn't. Uh, the latest from Matt Reese coming up at uh, 9 o'clock. John is calling from Cincinnati. Hi, John. Hey, how you doing, Mo? I'm like, wonderful. Uh, like your show. On, Thank you. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, I, I never call. I'm an old guy. I never call into sh- shows, but I listen to a lot of sports talk. Um, you were talking about the Dayton Flyers. Grew up in Northwest Ohio. Um, probably one of the most underrated coaches in college basketball is Don Donahue. Mm-hmm. You look at those early seventies. They, they, you know, they took um, what. 10, 15-time NCAA champion UCLA into triple overtime. They had some great games uh, with um, with 
UCLA, and um, I, I went to school and played uh, ball with uh, Damon Goodwin. I don't know if that's a name you mm-hmm. know, who's yeah. current Capital uh, uh, University, of, uh, Capital University uh, basketball coach. So I, Damon's got a, a really rich tradition that really gets overlooked. But Donahue really was the uh, you know the, the the biggest part of that in the early seventies. And the last thing is, I hate soccer, mm-hmm. but. Um, I took my family to Europe um, in uh, December. Luckily, we got out of there before everything else broke loose. But we spent about two weeks in uh, Italy, and uh, and then we went to Barcelona. So actually, my boys bought tickets for uh, uh, FC Barcelona, yeah, and uh, actually got to see uh, Messier score a goal. No kidding. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty neat. You know, the whole thing, taking the train to the park, everybody's fired up, and yeah, so it was it was pretty neat. But that's probably the last soccer game I'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I went to I I, I went to a, a a game in London, and I was there for the Bengals game in October, and mm-hmm. I, I had access to a ticket to go watch West Ham play Sheffield. I know nothing about soccer. Nothing, yeah. uh, but I wanted to go for the experience. It's one of the it's one of the most unique sporting events I've I've ever been to. Yeah, that's that's the way it was with them in Barcelona. It was just the whole getting on the train, everybody's going there, and the whole atmosphere and everything. I can care less. And then apparently somebody tells me Messi is like the best guy there is, and I own. He scores a goal, and of course, everybody went nuts. So. Lionel Messi, yeah, no, that that's uh, that's pretty cool. John, I appreciate the uh, the conversation, man. Thanks so much. I'm uh, you got it. Uh, yeah, no, I went to, um, and if you follow Premier League soccer, if you follow soccer in uh, the UK or in Europe, uh, it's probably going to sound silly me talking about the experience, but uh, I went for for the Bengals game uh, when they played the Rams and uh, had access uh, to a to a ticket from a guy who's actually a Bengals fan in the UK who... Uh, a friend of mine had kind of become connected to the last time the Bengals were in London. And this guy gave me a ticket to the game. I don't know anything about how this works. You know, we, we go to like Bengals Steelers games here and fans are intermingling. You might sit next to a Steelers fan or behind a Steelers fan. So they're playing Sheffield, West Ham and Sheffield. We get on the train. And if you're a supporter of the other team, a fan of the other team, you you have a separate way into the stadium you have a separate section that you sit in. There are guards surrounding the section. And this is uniform throughout the country for soccer games. And you're not allowed to, to roam the stadium. You're not allowed in other sections. They, they keep you sequestered, not sequestered, but they, they keep you isolated from the rest of the stadium because they're so worried about fights and stuff like that happening. Uh, that was weird. And the other weird part of it is walk in and to get a beer. And, you know, you... It's like any stadium. You go and you get a beer. You're not allowed to take it into the bowl of the stadium. You're not allowed to sit in your seat and drink a beer. And this is, I guess, also uniform throughout the the, the league. So I, I'm I'm there, and I went to the game with two other buddies who had tickets in another part of the stadium that I couldn't get to. I didn't know this. We didn't know this. I'm holding three beers. Now I've got to drink them, and I can't drink them in the stadium. So, of course, me not wanting to waste a good beer – I have to chug these three beers before I go in. And then I sit down and I sit next to this total stranger. This man was a local from the UK, could not have been nicer and starts chatting me up. And he had visited the United States and he had talked about him and his wife going to New York. And the guy was in his sixties, maybe really nice man. 
but at halftime, I said, like, hey, I, are, are we allowed to go drink at halftime? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll show you how you do it. And he goes and gets two beers, and I get two beers, and he's walking me through the, well, yeah, you, you, you run down in half, and you chug them, and then you come back and watch the second half. It's, and then leaving the stadium, the game ended in a tie or a draw. And the fans of the other team, again, have their own pathway to the trains. They do everything they can to make sure the two groups of fans don't interact. And, and it, this wasn't done because of special circumstances. This is how it's done all the time. It was remarkable. And, and again, if you follow uh, that, that sport, if you follow that league, you, you're probably nodding along going, yeah, no kidding, Mo, that's how it works. But in terms of how you imagine going to a football game here, a baseball game here, and being told well, that beer, you can't actually take it to your seat. That's how it worked over there. So that was... Uh, that was really unique. And, and again, on the Dayton Flyers thing, it's, they had a great year. They have a good program. They're going to be good. But there are certain seasons that are special and certain seasons that feel like they are the seasons of a lifetime. And you spend the entire year wondering how it's going to end and what the payoff is going to be. And is the, the conclusion going to match the journey? And for UD basketball fans, we'll never get a chance to find out. And that, that's sad. That stinks. But they did have a great year, and Obi Toppin's going to have a, I think, a really good NBA career. So um, that's the good news. The good news for you is our show is over. I'm back on Monday night. Sterling is uh, coming up next. You can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at Moegger1530. And uh, check out the blog at 700WLW.com. By the way, uh, Sterling at 10.05 is going to have somebody from ESPN Chalk, which is their their gambling vertical and he's going to talk about the coronavirus impact on sports gambling because these next couple of weeks would be enormous gambling weekends and weeks under normal circumstances unfortunately it's going to be a while before we have a set of normal circumstances uh the latest coming up in the nine o'clock news and then sterling matt reese is next my name is mo egger have a great weekend thank you so much for listening this is 700 wlw News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati.